Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to the Voices of the Vic podcast with me, Mike Duffy and Cameron Smart. Just the two of us tonight, uh, Katie's flying away to Japan, very, very lucky, uh, and Ben and Joe couldn't watch the game, bloody typical boys if you're watching, uh, what a game to miss. So instead to talk about that emphatic opening day victory over QPR is Cam. Cam, I uh, I shared the journey with you down there yesterday, so uh, yeah, I've, I've pretty much seen you in the last twenty four hours. How's things anyway? All good? Absolutely brilliant. I, I'm buzzing to come on here and talk about yesterday because that was just phenomenal. Mm. How are you? Yeah, likewise. Uh, I, I mean, you know, I, I love doing the podcast at the best of times, but coming off the back of a two nil. Um, a four nil, sorry, two nil, doing us uh, a disservice there. Coming off the back of a four nil victory on the first game, like the, this is what you get into podcasting for. I was, I was in dreamland. Like I couldn't quite believe it was happening. To be honest, um, I must apologise if we're slightly late for recording. Literally, just as we were going to, I was going to hit go live. Um, Leeds have drawn level with Cardiff, and Cam, you've got it on at home, yeah. and I've got it on at home. And we were just checking that it was all legit. So, yeah, uh, in case anyone's not watching that, Leeds have just drawn level 2-2. But that does mean that, as it stands, we are still top of the league. So, I'll I'll absolutely take that. Um, Let's get stuck into it. Obviously, you know, first game of the season, like back to routines, whether you go for a drink before the game, whatever your routine is before the game. Um, I was in walkabout at the time with my uh, with my mate Dan, who come down with me, and um, I was at the bar, just ordered a beer, and I was like, "Shit, it's two o'clock. Let's have a look at the team news." And I was expecting, I don't know if I was expecting a flurry of changes from last season, but I was perhaps expecting, you know, something slightly different. And we'd obviously talked about on the podcast in, in previous weeks about who we'd like to see start and. We give our predictions in the group chat as well. Um, the starting eleven that came out was Backman in goal. Um, it was a back four of uh, well, it, it, at the back was Ngakia, Sierra, Hoot, and Porteous. Uh, not Sierra, sorry, Ngakia, Hoot, Porteous, and um, and Morris. And then Sierra was holding midfielder with with Loser uh, and. This is why they shouldn't do it in this order. So it, it was, was Backman, Gakia, Sierra, Hoot, Porteous, Loser, Sema, Bio, Deli Bashiru, Martins, and Morris. Um, so, of course, it was Sierra in defensive mid, and then it was Loser and Deli Bashiru uh, in front of him, and then Martins and Sema on either side with Bio up top on his own. Got there in the end. Um, the bench was Hamer, Livermore, Kone, Healy, Pollock, Chakvedetsky, Aspria, Kayembe, and Andrews. Uh, if I've butchered that pronunciation, I'm sorry. I'm not ignorant. I just don't know how to pronounce it. Um, so, yeah, Cam, I'll be honest. When I saw that team news, I was like, eh, okay. What What were your thoughts when you saw it? Yeah, you're not you're not alone in that. I was quite disappointed when I saw it, especially to see Jamal Lewis miss out completely. Hmm. Um, yeah, I, I did immediately think 
okay, there is a lot of quality on that bench. Not that we ended up needing it, but mm -hmm. there is a lot of quality on the bench. And that's more than you can say about last season. We did lack quality and depth. But yeah, I'd, Morris as well was a surprise. I mean, I I don't know. I And obviously everyone was shocked by Ngakia. You know, we all thought Andrews would get the nod, but it was Ngakia. And yeah, that was a bit of a surprise. But yeah, it didn't matter in the end. Well, no, quite, it didn't. And I don't want to jump to the, the finish line straight away. Obviously, we know the score and the outcome and everything. Does it annoy you that that starting 11 is that there were no changes, like no new signings were in there? And I think Valerian Ishmael made this point as well. And I think there was a quote from, uh, was it Andrew French, uh, the interview he did with him? He said, that starting 11 were all here last season. And it shows what can be achieved with a change of mindset. So does it does it piss you off a bit that it's the same starting eleven? All of those players were here last season, yet we, you know, it's like getting bloody blood out of a stone at times with that's with with those players. Yet fast forward however many months, you've got a new man in charge, and it's the same eleven, and they go out and absolutely wallop QPR. Does, does that annoy you? The fact that we had these players with us last season, and it clearly shows that it's because they just couldn't be asked to do it last season. Yeah, yeah, that does annoy me a bit. I mean, you you saw that bunch, you know, if we played that QPR team last season, I don't think we would have come out on top with those same players. So, yeah, I mean, it's credit to Valerian Ishmael, though, because, I mean, I've never seen a, a manager so focused and we've had a lot of managers. So it, it's just nice to see... The effort's clearly going in. They, they've turned it round, and we we don't have to look back at last season now. We can just keep looking forward. Absolutely. And, you know, obviously, like we've said, you know, there, there were probably people that were in the pub or uh, wherever they were, and they saw that starting 11 and thought, oh, God, like, what is going to happen today? I was actually speaking. I went into Slug and Lettuce, and I was speaking to this QPR fan, and he said to me, I, I only checked our team. I usually check the starting 11 for the other team, but I, I didn't for whatever reason. And he said to me, he goes, I just can't see anything other than a 4-0 win for you boys today. I says, bloody hell. I says, you can tell you haven't really watched us or kept tabs on us recently. I said, we're just missing a goal scorer. I says, I don't know where four goals are going to come from. I says, I, I very much doubt it before now. I says, this probably has more of a, a boring 0-0 written all over it or, you know, even worse, a bloody 1-0 QPR win. And, uh, I mean, at the end of the game, me and Dan looked at each other, we were like, that bloke was bloody right. And then, lo and behold, I went and saw the same guy in the street afterwards. So I said to him, I says, mate, I says, you should have put a bet on that. He didn't, but, um, yeah, he, uh, he was spot on. Obviously, you know, a little bit worried about, you know, how the game's going to start with the tempo, um, you know, the, the, the important thing to do when you've had such a bad previous season, the last thing you want is your team to then come out of the trap slowly and it to fizzle out and it be boring and passing between the two centre-backs again. And, you know, but that, that wasn't the case yesterday. 36 seconds on the clock. Imran loser fizzes this ball like he in fact no he doesn't fizz it he floats his ball over Tom Deli Bashiru brings it down calm as you like and slots it past um Asmir Begovic for which I, I didn't I, I couldn't quite believe this Deli Bashiru's first goal of his Watford career um so you know good day all round but 36 seconds in we haven't scored a league goal that fast since Etienne Capu scored against Leicester in 2016 um, which was 32 seconds. But, Cam, talk about a dream start. That's just what you want, isn't it? Especially when, you know, and QPR have come into this off the back of a 5-0 walloping in pre-season from Oxford. You've had Gareth Ainsworth come out and said, we're up against it, bloody three, two, two, three days before the start of the season. So everything's pointing in our favour. So, you know, could that have then added a little bit more pressure but to score 36 seconds in, that set the tempo for the game then, didn't it, Cam? Oh, it absolutely did. Yeah, I I love this goal because it, it's a testament to what Ishmael's trying to do, really. 
It's a pattern we kept seeing throughout the game. Bio would drop deep. He'd leave space. He'd bring in a centre-back. And then a centre-mid would run beyond him. And, yeah, this goal is a lot of bio for me because he, you know, he holds the ball up. He lays it off to loser. Delhi Bashir is making that run in behind. And, yeah, we saw a lot of that throughout the game. You might remember there was a volley from him later on. Uh, great save from Begovic. So, mm. I think we'll see a lot of goals from midfielders this season, which is another thing we lacked last season. And, yeah, it's just great to see some patterns emerging. And it that that start, just, that was, I, I couldn't believe it. Yeah, and it... You know, regardless of what team you might be against or regardless of how you've played in previous seasons, to start as quick off the mark as that, that would have just installed so much confidence into the players. And it sort of helps you as you go forward in the game to sort of get a foothold on it. And as, especially when you're playing a team like that who are obviously low on confidence, it's not gone well at all for Gareth Ainsworth since he came into the club. You know, three wins, and yes, annoyingly, one of those is against us, typically. But you know, when you when you get on the front foot against a team like that, they're they're facing an uphill battle. I mean, it didn't take long for them. I think thirty minutes in, and they they were visibly, you know, very loudly booing their team. Um, so you know, it it helped it helped us definitely. Um, and also with yeah. the way we play, you know the way we played yesterday when you go one nil down against a team like that so early on mm. and you just can't get the ball off them i mean that is so it, it's hard to deal with we saw it when we played swansea yeah. a few times we, you know you can't get back into it when when you go behind against a possession based team yeah and 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 this is what we're so fun to see i mean uh, there were a couple of times last season where we might have had more possession but we wasn't doing anything with it you know, it's all well and good getting the ball so far. Then your centre-backs are passing it between themselves. Then it's going back to Backman, who then lumps it upfield. And you sort of start the process again. But this time, we had the possession. And we we had a plan. We, we knew what we were doing with it. And I, I was going to talk about him in a minute, actually. But I want to talk about him now. And you put a tweet out about him. Jeremy and Gakia. I was in the Sir Elton John stand. Um, sort of up more towards the QPR fans. But Jeremy and Gakia, about give me neck ache, the amount he was running up and down that wing. He he was brilliant yesterday. And I have to hold my hands up. When we were asked, Ben asked us the other week on the pod, like who would you start there? I always said Andrews because I don't think Ngakia's, you know, he's not really had a run of games and, you know, he's too inconsistent. But to be fair, Cam, you, you know, you said that he's not really had a chance to to show and to get that run of games and to be consistent with it. But yesterday, that that role suits him down to the ground, doesn't it? Absolutely. He's technically a very good player. And I think he does do this. He comes in and he, he puts in a shift. I wasn't as good as everyone else to see him in the lineup. Mm -hmm. Andrews will have his moment, but... I mean, for now, we, we've got Ngakia, and if he keeps playing like that every week, then I'm I'm happy. Worth noting, both right-backs, Andrews and Ngakia, will be out of contract at the end of the season. So, let's hope we see some kind of solution there. Mm. Absolutely, I didn't know that. That's quite interesting. And look, that, that might work in our favour a little bit, because they'll, you know, if we're doing well, they'll want to stay at the club, so they'll play their hearts out, and you know, Ryan Andrews, he was the only sort of shining light out of last season. Um, so if anyone deserves a, a contract extension, it's definitely Andrews. Uh, and hopefully Ngakia can use this to, to push forward. Because the problem you've got when you've had the injuries that Ngakia has had and the, the regularities of it, you, you're going to be at a disadvantage when it comes to clubs looking at you. So if a club's looking and they're saying, oh, well, he's injured a lot, they're not going to take that punt on you. So he probably knows that Watford is a good chance. He's playing in a team that are, you know, respected in the championship. And, you know, a lot of people, whether right or wrong, tip us to go up. You know, they everyone looks at Watford as a bigger game in the championship. He'll want to stay and he'll want to kick on and he'll want to get into that team because he's been so unlucky. So 
that might work in our favour, but hopefully they do get um, and get the contract extensions that they deserve, um, providing they continue to play as well as they have done. And it's sticking with Ngakia, really, because he was the assist for the for the next goal. And this man in general, I think this is his time to step up now. I was saying to Dan when we left the ground, I said, you know, losers being a good player, but because we've had Saar and Pedro in recent years, obviously they've sort of taken the limelight, if you like, and his talent has sort of gotten under the radar. But this can be his season to step up. He can be the main man. And if he plays like that, whether we go up or not, he'll be playing in the Premier League next season because QPR just did not did not know what to do with him. They couldn't handle him. Obviously, that goal, you know, th- uh, 20 minutes on the clock to make it 2-0. Brilliant shot from distance. And uh, Begovic couldn't get near it and it crept into the bottom corner. But the whole game, Cam, he just ran the show. It was a loser show yesterday. Yeah, it was it was reassuring to see as well because a lot yeah. of people had their doubts after his injuries. You know, he didn't really show as much of what we know he's capable of. And in that preseason game, he had a little bit of a mare against Palace. So it's really good to see him hit the ground running like that. And the goal itself, it, it came from another pattern of play we saw. There was that triangle on the right and Gakia, Ken, loser. They would, you know, quick passes between the three of them. And it brought players out wide and it left that room in the middle. And that's where Loser can, he can drive and he can pick out the corner like that. He nearly did it again. He was just, he was a joy to watch. He was. And I think providing he's coached well enough, then it will work. And that's another thing, you know, I was chatting to uh, one of our listeners, Michael Froome, um, he, he grabbed me in, um, in Walkabout and was saying that he listened to the pod. So, Michael, if you're listening, hope your night ended up uh, a good one and hope your lad had a good 21st birthday as well, mate. But I was chatting to him and I was chatting to Dan and um, chatting to a couple of other people in Walkabout after the game. And I was saying for the first time in a, a while, I, I can't put a, a sort of my finger on when, a, a timeline as to when, but the first time in a while... We look like we know how we're supposed to play. Like, there's a pattern. And under Rob Edwards last season, I know he didn't ultimately get much, you know, time to show it. Under Billich, under Wilder, there wasn't... He didn't look, sort of stand back and be like, oh, yeah, he's trying to play like this. And, oh, we're trying to do things this way. Yesterday was the first time I saw a Watford side that looked well-drilled and well-coached for, like I say, a very, very long time. Um, and, you know, maybe loser can thrive in, in, in that environment as well. And you say he created space so well in the middle. Another man in the middle I want to talk about, Cam. And listen, I, I'm probably sound like I'm getting carried away as it is. I'm trying not to get too carried away. We are only one game into the season and QPR were very poor. But one man I have to give credit to yesterday as well in the middle Sierra Elta. We obviously, you know, when we saw that he was playing in DM position in pre-season, we were like, what? And then we saw him start the game yesterday in defensive midfield. But do you know what, Cam? And a lot of people said, you know, he's going to get the most yellow cards. And I think Ben said it as well on the pod that, you know, he's, he's a bit rash at times and him in defensive mid um, could be a bit of a recipe for disaster. But he protected that back line yesterday superbly. And not only that, he can play. He's a good ball player. And he gets he, he was getting forward. I mean, again, don't want to jump the gun. He was assist for, for Bio's goal. And he did superbly. But he was good yesterday, wasn't he, Cam? Uh, he, he's just, he was the proper combative midfielder that yeah. we really needed. He got to every... Look, he's, he's slow. He's really, really slow. But... Yeah. He looked like Usain Bolt in there yesterday. He got to everything. I I don't know. Ishmael was mental because how are you looking at him and saying, yep, he's a midfielder? <laughs> and yet and yet it worked. And you said about, you know, we look coached. We look like we know what we're doing. Hmm. That's because Ishmael's looked at our squad and he's he's put this together and said, they're all capable of this. Mm-hmm. He's told them what to do. They're doing it to a T. And 
yeah, I think yeah, Sierra Alta just phenomenal. I had so many doubts, and mm-hmm. he, he silenced all of them. I think I'm. Um, I, I assume you agree with what I'm going to say here, but I think we're still in agreement that we do need another DM to come through the door because if Sierra Alta was to get injured, um, you know, Livermore doesn't film with great hope. I mean, we'll, we'll touch on the second half and Livermore in, in a bit, but, um, you know, we're very light in that department and, you know, we don't know if this was purely because QPR gave him the, the, the space and the freedom and the time and they were very poor. So, you know, he could play against D, DM against Plymouth and, you know, get sent off 20 minutes in for all we know. So, I'm not getting too carried away, but you, you think we need we still need a new DM, Cam? Yeah, I'd say so. Look, better teams will target Sierra Alta because they'll put their, their quicker, more agile attacking players on him. And, you know, they, they can receive the ball and they can turn off him and then they're just one-on-one with our defence. So, I would like another body in there, but it's a really specific role yeah, and it's going to be quite hard to find the right man, but we'll see. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I, I just, I, I still can't quite believe how well he played. And uh, another man as well. I, I, I kept finding myself confusing the two, and I did this when I watched this against Crystal Palace. Wesley Hoop, I thought again, you know, they had their first shot on target in the ninety-first minute. So let's not, you know, um, get you know, get too carried away here. But I thought Wesley Hoot did everything he needed to yesterday. I thought he was superb. He wasn't too rash like we've seen. I still think he'll be our most booked player. You know, if he comes up against a, a lively, you know, striker or someone who's a bit more of a handful, I think he'll do well. The only criticism I had was, um, and this wasn't on Hoot all the time, but Lyndon Dykes won every header in that second half. I probably noticed it more because they were shooting sort of up towards where I was sat in the in the second half. But every header, Lyndon Dykes got up and won. Luckily for us, no one was around him and QPI didn't play to the strengths. And, you know, the fact that Lyndon Dykes had to come out wide to try and win the ball, he, he was playing far too apart from his, um, you know, partner, Stephen Armstrong. But listen, that's for... That's for the boys at Loft uh, Loft for words to dissect, not us on uh, on Voices of the Vic. But I I thought he had a solid game yesterday. Do you, do you agree, Cam? Yeah, yeah. Who who was good? I um I think he was a lot more you know tested defensively than his partner Portius, who I also want to mention in a minute. But yeah, who I I think he's you know he's the the right man. I think we do need another centre back, but I'm not too fussed about getting an upgrade on him because you know I think he's he's comfortable at the level. But yeah, um, yeah I also want to talk about Porteous because I read before we came on that he completed 99 passes yesterday, and yeah, it felt like he he kept us ticking in a mm-hmm. way that sort of Imran Loser and Will Hughes have done in recent years, where he'll get the ball. And he'll play the simple pass. And I think those two as a partnership, they moved the ball a lot quicker. And it, it was, you know, to our benefit, we played some great football and it came from those two. Yeah. And I, I thought as well with Porteous, every time he got the ball, instead of looking to the side, he was looking, right, how can I get this ball forward? Uh, and, you know, that, that's great to see from a centre-back. The amount of times... It, when the QPR fans started booing, it's because none of them were pressing. Like, you'd get the ball at the back, Backman would have it, any of the back four would have it, and they're just sitting off you, and you're thinking, what on earth? Like, you wouldn't see that at Sunday League level. So, God knows what Ainsworth's told them at the start. Um, but, yeah, I, I think Porteous had a, had a good game yesterday, and obviously, like you said, 99 passes, he's, uh, he, he was very, you know, good in, in keeping us ticking, as you say. Um, something which, and again, I don't want to judge it off one game, but something which doesn't look like has improved drastically is the corners. Uh, now, a few of them beat the first man, but then a few of them also beat everyone and, and sort of went completely straight through. But we did score from one cam, 38 minutes in, Ken Senna getting his name on the assist sheet again. He loves an assist in the championship, Ken does. Um, but Martin's peeled off the front post, whether that was plans 
whether it was accidental or just happened to be in the right place at the right time, peeled off the uh, the front post, peeled off his man and headed it and it looped into the back of the net to make it 3-0, 38 minutes in. And my word, I said to Dan, I said, these these lot QPR fans are pissed off. I says, if it, if it gets to 3-0 before half-time, I said, that away end will thin out. And boy, did it thin out when when uh, when Martin scored. But talking to Martins, obviously, we only saw him a handful of times. I think six appearances prior to yesterday that he made for us uh, last season. So many people saying he wasn't played as much as he should have been. But he's a live wire, isn't he? He, he's, he, he did well, to be fair to him. Absolutely. he. It was. It's another of Ishmael's, you know, sort of tactical instructions that while we're playing all our football down that right-hand side, Martins, he's hanging out on the left. He's just staying, Mm -hmm. you know, almost off the pitch. Um, So when we work it across, Martins is in acres. And I just loved that he he cut inside every time. He was taking on his man. He looked like Delefeu out there. He, it really reminded me of him. And he deserved that goal I think even even if it was meant to be just a, a flick onto the back post you know mm-hmm. he deserves a bit of luck and I thought oh bollocks we're doing a short corner this this isn't <laughs> going to end well but yeah. it, it it went well I I disagree with you you know about how we didn't look great from set pieces there was a bit of invention in there I think with with that corner in particular you know we had two or three bodies at the back post. They were ready to tap that in. There was one earlier on that where Hoot or Sierra Alta won it and, you know, flicked it across mm-hmm. the box and, you know, that could have gone anywhere. Mm-hmm. But I like what I saw from, from loser taking them. Yeah, and he's, I, I don't know, I, I don't think he did this last season. He's got this thing now where he picks the ball up just before he puts it down. I assume it's to communicate a certain sort of set piece tactic that they're about to execute. Um, but yeah, I mean, we, we scored from a few corners at the back end of last season. So hopefully we can keep strengthening it. But um, yeah, brilliant that Martins is uh, is off the mark because, you know, he was so unlucky not to score that goal against Blackpool last season. Uh, and he's a real live wire. And he, he reminded me a bit of uh, Chucho Hernandez in the way that he played, you know, very energetic, uh, wants to cut in and, 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 you know, make that killer shot because uh, I think Kuch, um, Chucho did it against Aston Villa where he cut in and uh, and curled it in. And uh, he's done it a couple of times for his new team, Columbus Crew, I think he plays for over in the States. Um, so he, he reminded me very much of, of that player. But hopefully he's another one that with more minutes he'll grow. You know, he's still, he's still a bit raw, I think. But listen, playing... Uh, the only reason, the only way he'll sort of adapt to the league is playing regularly, which hopefully he will, uh, and he could chip in with a fair few goals this season as well. So I'm looking forward to seeing how he develops as a player. Uh, another player I'm looking forward to seeing how he develops is Vacuum Bio. And obviously, split opinion. Uh, did a very good interview with and- uh, Andrew French. Uh, go and check it out on the Watford Observer if you haven't already. And um, I, I must say, I've I, I sort of over the last season and, and the start of this season, I've grown a bit of a soft spot for him, especially because I did think that he will play more under Ishmael because he perhaps suits the style that Ishmael wants. And I actually thought he did a lot of good work off the ball yesterday. So the fact that he got a goal sort of only rounded off a good performance for him. The amount of times Bio would drop deep just to keep the move going and then he'd drop deep and still get into the box as well because so many times, you know, in the past we'd we'd see Troy, for example, dropping deep to to win the ball, but then we wouldn't see that run to get back in the box to be there if you needed to tap it in and, and everything else. So it was good to see he was well drilled. He knew how he was playing. And I thought he had a good game all round yesterday. But Sierra Elsa did the the hard work here. He's driving, uh, got into the box perfectly weighted. If he'd have put any less or any more on that cross, Bio wouldn't have got there. So it was perfectly weighted. Typical poacher striker's goal. And Vacuum Bio put it in. 4-0. 43 minutes on the clock. I mean, Cam, 
I couldn't believe it. Like I, I said to Dan, I says, "What is going on?" And I'd had a few beers the night before. I was a bit hungover on the on the Saturday, um, and I thought, "I'm still pissed out. I'm going to wake up in a minute, and <laughs> you know, I'm going to have a text off Dan. Dan, Mike, you late? Where are you?" But no, it was happening. Four nil, forty three minutes in. Like, but what are your thoughts on Bio? Firstly. Yesterday, yeah, I I still have mixed thoughts on Bio. He really, really won me over with that interview, though. I, I mean, he comes across as a, a lovely guy, and I want him to do well. Yeah, he off the ball doesn't stop running. He, you know, he's perfect for it. Great energy. He ran the length of the pitch at times to press Begovic and the centre backs. So, yeah, he he deserved that goal for his hard work. But also, what we already knew, he's a fantastic poacher. He's always in the right place in the box. And he should have come away with the match ball yesterday, I think. He had a couple more chances. And, yeah, if he starts putting those away as well, then he can really, you know, stamp his name on this team. Mm-hmm. But Absolutely. I do want to caveat that. Yeah, I don't think he's the natural target man that we need. There are a few times he dropped in, tried to hold the ball up, and he just got brushed off it. He grew into it, but yeah, I, I still want a little bit more from him. Yeah, and listen, uh, I, I'm sure once we get another striker in, it you know can share the the workload with with Vacuum Bio, and he will chip in with some important goals this season. A bit like he did last season, you know, one or three points against Middlesbrough, one or three points against Norwich. Let's not forget as well. And again, they were typical strikers' goals that he scored in those games. Uh, poachers' goals, sorry. Uh, in those games to to win us a match, so I I, I hope it works out for him. I really do. Uh, I really do. Um, and you know, hopefully he, he can get a few more goals to his name this season. But I do I, I do still think we need another striker in. Uh, I'm not saying for one minute that I'm content with with what we've got at the moment. We do need that number nine to come in, and we we do need someone that's going to get us sort of 15, 20 goals this season. Uh, <laughs> realise that's easier said than done when you, you're sort of working on a shoestring budget but I'm sure the um, Manga and co have, have got suitable people in mind and hopefully Kiefer Moore can sort of get over the line um, providing we're even in for him we might not be but he'd, uh, he'd be one that would be absolutely perfect um, so obviously like I say you know half time whistle gone 4-0 the booze echoed from the away end QPR fans couldn't believe what they were seeing. There was a few QPR fans in the surrounding John stands yesterday. And when the fourth goal went in, one of them walked um, walked from his seat to the front and he walked up to the barrier where the dugouts is and he just put his arms out and was staring at Gareth Ainsworth as if to say, what the fuck is going on? Um, and then he just walked back to his seat and I'm like, have the stewards not just seen this? Like, He's quite clearly a QPR fan. And then, you know, obviously later down the, the, the line in the match, I think the QPR fans just thought, fuck it, we're 4-0 down. We're going to have a bit of form. We're going to chant about this, that and the other. And then those boys got involved with the chanting, even though they were in the Watford ends. One even had a QPR shirt on. Like, listen, if you're going to sit in the home ends when you're a fan of the away team, doesn't bother me. Crack on. But if you're going to make a scene, if you're going to do anything like that, then you're a knobhead and you deserve to be chucked out. I remember sitting in the whole end when Troy Deeney scored the winner for Watford um, back in the 15-16 season under Kike Sanchez-Flores. Uh, and Troy scored right in front of me and celebrated right in front of me. I didn't then jump up and start celebrating. I had to sit there and pretend that I was absolutely devastated. So no problem if you want to sit in the home ends. If if that's how you get a ticket, that's how you get a ticket. But don't wear your team shirt for fuck's sake, and don't be surprised when you get kicked out. Um, little rant over. Second half, I I said to Dan, I said, what we could really do with doing here now is they are a wounded like that. They they're hurt like they they've got no plan. Like what does Ainsworth say to them in the dressing room? And I said we have to go for the jugular. We have to try and keep scoring and getting a goal uh, and, you know, really helping boost that goal difference early on. I mean, it's goal difference, the reason that we're still top. Um, what were your thoughts going into the second half, Cam? Was you 
was you thinking the same as you like, right, let's get five, six, seven, who knows what could happen? Or was you just wanting us to keep the way we're playing, maybe nick a goal here, just be comfortable? What what was your thoughts? My thoughts were, yeah, keep scoring, you know, mm-hmm. don't let up. But also I wanted us to experiment a bit, see I wanted to see Yasser Espria and I wanted to see a few of the new lads come on. Like, you know, Healy, Chatvatadze. Um, but yeah, it's always a little bit disappointing, isn't it, when you absolutely hammer a team and then you just stop scoring. But, you know, we'll take it. I spent most of that second half watching um, the Stoke Rotherham score to see if they don't <laughs> take us. Yeah, I, I was sort of checking scores every now and then and I was quite intrigued to see how, uh, how our mate Ben Foster got on uh, <laughs> on his Football League debut for Wrexham. Um and yeah, didn't quite go to plan for them. And I think it's uh, an interesting read if you want to go over to Wrexham Twitter. They're, uh, they're saying a few things about Mr. Foster. So some of them might ring a bit true and sound familiar. So apparently he only got back to the UK three days ago, uh, whereas the rest of the team got back before off their America trip. So yeah. Um, but yeah, I was the same, you know, maybe experiment. I definitely, I really wanted to see Healy. I think Healy could have bagged in that game yesterday. And again, that would have been a great confidence booster to sort of kickstart him. I think I could have bagged in that game yesterday. Well, quite, yeah. Um, yeah. I think uh, I think I, I, I could have brought anyone along and, and sort of stuck him in a Watford kit. It was quite funny, actually, in the surrounding John stand, in the, um, in the sort of kiosk area, they've got a little hornet shop. And uh, I was quite tempted to nip down at half-time and, uh, and grab a kit and uh, try and run on the second half to see if I could grab, grab a goal. But it, uh, they don't stop those size shirts. So it's, uh, it's quite humbling at times. But um, talking about experimenting with the, with the team, uh, we did see a change at half-time. James Morris, he was on a yellow card. He got booked in the first minute of injury, t- uh, injury time in the first half. And Ryan Andrews come on for, for Morris, uh, which meant Ngakia went left-back. Now, uh, the lockdown season, we saw Ngakia sort of play at left-back a few times and uh, it didn't end well. Uh, so, was you perhaps a little bit worried? I sort of said, I said to Dan, I says, Ngakia at left-back, I'm not sure this is going to work. I mean, I was delighted to see Andrews and I thought Andrews was was solid, you know, did, did what was asked of him. Uh, but Ngakia, again did what he needed to do on the left-hand side and, 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 and continued having a solid game, didn't he? Yeah, I wouldn't say I was worried because we were we were 4-0 up. Well, I, yeah, quite. Not not worried, but yeah. If they scored, I would have been worried. But yeah. I I just had a, a lot of excitement to see Ryan Andrews. Just mm-hmm. I, I wanted to see what he could do, especially against such a weak team. And he did impress me. I think there were four or five times he got to the byline and made the wrong decision, whereas Ngakia made the right one. But that just shows his youth. He's a young player and he'll only get better. But I did still think he did a really good job. Absolutely. completely agree. And um, QPR brought a couple of subs on. Oh, I felt so sorry for him. There were two young lads. I had a, I, I, I had a look at one of them on, uh, on Flash Score because I'd never heard of him. Um, it was a fella that come on up top and <laughs> he did a good job in rattling Dan Backman. And I thought to myself, I thought, oh God, Backman's going to lose his heads and things are going to go to party. I didn't think for one minute we were going to f- throw away a 4 0 lead, but I just thought, you know, Backman's going to lose his head. We've seen this so many times. Um, but I felt so sorry for him coming on for what I assume would probably be their debuts and uh, the 4 0 down away at sort of a bit of a rivalry game for QPR and Watford and uh, they sort of chucked in at the deep end. But we then started seeing a few substitutions and introducing um, a few new faces. Obviously, Kone for loser was uh, one of the, it was a, there was a triple change. Kone for loser, uh, Chuck Fadadsky for Deli Bashiru and Livermore for Sierra Alta. Now, the Livermore for Sierra Alta one didn't have a problem with 4-0 up. I didn't think we were going to throw a 4-0 lead away. Perfect game to integrate him and get him some minutes in the legs. Uh, I didn't realise as well, he's quite, he's, he's, he's a bit of a tank. Like he's quite, uh, you know, stacked. He, he obviously works a lot in the gym and does a lot on the weights. Firstly, I want to ask you, Cam, um, we've not really spoke about him other than his goal. Tom Deli Bashiru, he's been rotten luck with injuries since he joined Watford. 
so hopefully he can stay fit and, and have a real crack at this season. What were your thoughts? I mean, obviously he scored, so that that's a, a tick in the box. But other than that, did you think he, he played well? He, he, he fit the system well? Are you excited to see what he can bring this season? Yeah, I was surprised to see him in the eleven. Mm-hmm. I, I thought, you know, it might be Kone in that role. Yeah. But he did a great job. He was our sort of our main outlet whenever we passed the ball into midfield. It was normally him on the receiving end. And he'd turn and he'd pass it out wide to Martins or into Loser. And yeah, that he, he was fantastic. I think he faded in the second half. And that's why he had to come off. And that's when we sort of regained control of the game after sort of a 10-minute spell of QPR having the ball. Yeah, and it's always going to fade a little bit with a player like that. You know, I know they've just gone through pre-season and they've been put through the the the, the wars sort of, you know, with fitness, no doubt, and being drilled on what the manager wants. But when a player hasn't played as many games in, in the, you know, the, the last few years, he's always going to have a bit of rustiness about him. The fellow I want to chat about, Chuck Fedetsky, he was definition of bums off seats player. Like from the moment he come on and got the ball, I said to Dan, I says, I think he's got a hundred percent pass completion rate. Like he's not giving the ball away once. There wasn't one sloppy pass. And he wants to get forwards. And you know, we see all these clips on YouTube and Twitter of these new players and anyone can put a highlight reel on anyone to make them look good. Um, you know, believe it or not, I, I once saw a good highlight reel of Andre Gray, uh, how wrong I was on that one. But, you know, I, I think he, he he got the ball one of the times and his first reaction when he got the ball, he megged the QPR player, looped round him and that QPR player was pretty much wearing his shirt by the time that he caught up with him. And we, we got the free kick in the end. But, I mean, you know, 66 minutes he come on. So, you know, best part of half an hour that he played. But, my word, we, we it looks like we've got one hell of a player on our hands, doesn't it, Cal? Definitely. Yeah, I'm excited to see more of him. I do wonder, you know, are we going to see him in centre mid? If so, for who? Are we going to see him left wing? If so, you know, Martins is going to have to be dropped after that performance. But, yeah, he showed his versatility, showed his flair. I I said to my dad, um, we, we've got one here because he just looks so elegant with the ball, gliding past people. Really, really wanted a goal. I think the only time he passed it was when he passed it to the ref by accident. But, um, yeah, nearly, nearly got his goal as well in... Cucho Hernandez like fashion. I thought that was in, so I was a bit gutted for him. But great, great promising debut. Absolutely. He he he's direct, he's attacking, and that's what you want. Players that are going to get you on the front foot, front foot straight away. I must say, I did laugh so hard when he tried to pass it to the ref. <laughs> I, I wouldn't mind. The ref was in orange. Yeah. Like, you know, if if anyone was, you know, gonna pass to the ref, it would have been the QPR players thinking they were passing to Begovic, which I'm surprised that didn't get picked up, actually. Um, it but, yeah, it should have done. Um, but, yeah, I, I and I thought, you know, he, he wanted that goal so bad. He was another one, you know, like we said about Martins, cutting in and trying to shoot. It won't be long before he gets his first Watford goal. No way. Not a chance. And he reminds me a bit like of, of Forest, the area. I know you, you he was just before your your Watford sort of supporting time. But Forrest, the area, every time he got the ball, he was just energetic. He, he was fast-footed and he, he, you know, a few tricks in the locker and a real flair player. Um, and he'd come on and try and unlock defences. Now, I'd like to think that um, Georgie will have a, a better, like a more, more of a role than, than coming on and trying to sort of unlock defences with the last sort of hour to go. Um but, you know, it's so refreshing to see a player want to get forward, want to score so much and give 100%. I know that sounds crazy because that's the, the bare minimum you expect. But I saw a Watford team yesterday that gave 100%. Even Jake Livermore, you know, Jake Livermore, come on. And yes, maybe the tempo wasn't, you know, what, what we sort of expected. You know, CRL did so brilliantly there. Livermore, come on. And again, did what was asked of him. 
Um, I, I can't imagine he'll play too many games. I think that role of, you know, if we're comfortable in a match, come on, freshen up the legs and, you know, he'll get some minutes here, there and everywhere. You can see how much of a leader he is within the group. You know, um, they put a... Um, they put a video out the other day, the Watford YouTube did, and um, it was like a behind the scenes at Crystal Palace friendly. And a lot of that video pointing towards the dugouts. And you can see Livermore giving instructions, shouting here, there and everywhere. And i tell you one thing as well, which I liked as well, Cam, which I've not seen in a while. Well, I, in fact, I, I don't think I've seen it ever from a, a Watford manager is any time... There was a little bit of a stoppage. Every player, other than Backman, every player went over to Valerian Ishmael. And you could tell the togetherness is there. Ishmael wants to get his ideas across. You know, so many times you see teams when there's a, a bit of a lengthy stoppage, just sort of standing around. But Ishmael wanted to get his, you know, falling up and he's still telling his players, right, we need to do this, we need to do that. So that was brilliant as well. Uh, and then we also saw the introduction of uh, of youngster Edo Kayembe. Uh, he came on for Matthias Martins, and again, Cam, it looked like he was playing in, in in a more more of an advanced role, didn't it? Yeah, yeah, and he was much more positive in the way he played as well. We we used to seeing him sort of sluggishly pass it sideways and backwards, but no, he, he recycled the ball quite well, not as well as the the people he replaced, but no. he. You know, if he's going to come on and do that, then he's a, a welcome squad option for me. Uh, uh, and you know what I think of him. For me to say that, that's that's just huge plaudits to him. Absolutely. Uh, one, one man talking about recycling the ball. One man I want to get your thoughts on. Everything's been positive so far, and it's brilliant to talk about Watford in a positive light. And I'm sure everyone listening will be like, ah, nice positivity, you know. But... What were your thoughts on Dan Backman? A couple of times, there was a few stray passes. Could have got caught out. I think there was a chance in the first half where he passed it straight to them or they won it back pretty much. And the whole of the QPR and in unison just shouted, shoot! And I think it was Ilias Chair, and I don't think he did. Why he didn't, I don't know, because Backman was well off his line. But Backman was virtually playing midfield at times. You know, he, he was so high up the pitch and... I think you you said about that stat with Porteous making 99 passes. I think I saw a tweet to suggest that that was the most passes that Daniel Backman had made since joining Watford as well. So could could you see a, a bit of a, um, a a bit of a issue with the, the game, the style of play that he was trying to do? Or it it doesn't suit Backman, does it? Let's be no. honest. Um... It's that highlight, you know, I'm not as concerned about the distribution, although that is a concern. It's that whenever a ball goes over the top, QPR have quicker forwards than we have defenders. They're, they're going to be in. We need our keeper to be decisive. We need him to come for the ball and we need him to deal with it. Mm -hmm. There were a few times you could see him sort of, you know, it's like his brain sort of expanded into a bubble and you could mm -hmm. see what he was thinking. Should I come? Should I go? Uh, should I stay? And he he got it wrong on a couple of occasions. In the second half, you know, they sort of dinked it over him while they were through. And we got lucky that, the, I don't know what their forward was doing, but it whatever it was, it didn't work. So, mm -hmm. we yeah, I think if you're Ben Manga and Helena Costa watching that, you're thinking okay, what's going to sort of hinder us in the future against a better team? And I have to say our big weakness there was Dan. Mm -hmm. But the fact that the club have just rewarded him with the captaincy and a five-year deal, surely that says to you that Manga and Costa are probably looking at it, probably thinking that, but surely they're not going to bring in someone to replace him if they've then gone and done that, no? No, listen, I don't want to be too negative after a 4-0 no, no, win. No, of course not. But we've got to be constructive, haven't we? So, yeah, yeah we've got to play both sides. Um, look, I don't see why you give someone a five-year deal, ask them to play a way that you know they're 
completely incapable of playing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's it's weird to me. I I don't know. Just yeah, we know he's not this sweeper keeper that can you know play loads of passes. I mean, who even had to take a goal kick for him as he did a few times last season? So I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it only happened once and he played it short. But oh, right, yeah, yeah I, it's not a great look when your centre backs have to take your goal kicks. It's very, very Sunday league. Yeah, I, it's, that, that used to happen to me all the time. <laughs> the league, so it, it, I can get away with it. But um, yeah, look, we I think we're going to do plenty of ripping into Dan Backman this season. And I don't want to do all of it today, no. especially after a 4 0 win. So let's leave it there. Yeah, let's. Uh, yeah, I'm sure there'll be. Uh, I'm sure there'll be other times. Hey, maybe as soon as next Saturday. Who knows? <laughs> um, but just want to round upon the, the the game itself before we talk about Tuesday for a little bit. Um, the impact, like I said, that Valerian Ishmael has had on this team straight away, and again. You know, there'll probably be people listening to this thinking, bloody hell, we've only played one game, Mike, chill out. And it was against QPR. Yes, QPR was shockingly bad. Probably one of the worst teams I've seen come to Vicarage Road in a long, long time. But you cannot take away from the credit of how good Watford were. And we looked drilled. We looked like a team that knew what we wanted to do. And that is credit down to Valerian Ishmael. And I firmly believe that the, the, the board have sort of, for once step back, said to Ishmael, right, how do you want to play it then? We've gotten rid of the Deadwood, which has been two, three years overdue, and we're bringing in players that suit Valerian Ishmael's style of play. And dare I say it, Cam, he could be the one that breaks a mould. But it certainly started positively. I hope so, because I've fully brought into this now. Um, yeah, me too. He, he's... He's done the hard part. He's won everyone over for now. Yeah. What we need is to just, you know, build on it. Just let's let's play the same way against Plymouth. And, you know, there will be times when it's not going to come off. I mean, it's a risky way to play. We've talked about Backman and the high line. We are, are going to concede some pretty embarrassing goals this season. Mm-hmm. But just just stick with it and... You know, as a fan base, we need to get behind Valerian. Absolutely, and I think that that tagline there, just stick with it, is is you know definitely needed higher up in the in the boardroom. You know, there are going to be spells this season where we might lose two, three, four in a row. Find me other than Man City and um, you know Liverpool. Find me a team that don't. You know, every team has them. I know Burnley last season were, were brilliant, but nine times out of ten, most teams have them. So there are going to be some bumpy rides. It's a championship. It's a long old season. There's going to be some long old trips in midweek where the players look like they can't be asked and things aren't going to click. Just stick with it. Um, you know, I, I really, really hope that this is the first head coach to break the mould and stay and build a project. We were promised it with Rob and it didn't work out. So hopefully Valerian, he's come in and already you can see his stamp. He's on that He's on that team. And we've got to take it into to Saturday against Plymouth. Plymouth returned to the, the championship with a, a 3-1 win over Huddersfield. Um, you know, there's going to be no pressure on them. The pressure is going to be on us. Um, they they play a lot differently to how QPR play, um, so it's going to be a test. And you know, yes, it's been it's great to have won the first game in the emphatic style that we did. But if we don't follow it up with a similar performance, I'm not saying similar scoreline, but yeah, that'd be nice. But if we then go and play absolutely horrendously on Saturday, um, then you know th- that that game against QPR counts for nothing and. It might as well have been a one-off. So, yeah, I really hope that, you know, we can... This is the style of football. This is how we're going to play and we stick with it. Um, Just before we wrap it up, Cam, we have got a game on Tuesday. A few people are probably saying, well, why is it not mentioned Tuesday? The next game isn't Plymouth. But 
We've got Stevenage in the Carabao Cup at Stevenage. They began life in League One with a 1-0 win over Northampton yesterday. Um, in terms of team selection, obviously we know we have a horrendous record in the Carabao Cup. Um, you know, the amount of times we've been knocked out by lower league teams, it's almost as if you, you sort of accept that it's going to happen now. Um, in terms of changes, would you be looking to pretty much make wholesale changes and change it throughout? Or do you think for momentum purposes, you would keep certain players in? No, I'd, I'd definitely change it. Hmm. And it sounds like a lot of the new signings are sort of a bit further behind on getting to that intensity that we saw on Saturday. Yeah. So a Carabao Cup game against the League One team, that's a perfect opportunity for them. I want to see all of them. I want to see Lewis, Healy, Chuck Vitality. I don't yeah. know if Ince is ready, but I want to see him. Mm -hmm. Put Livermore in. Um, sprinkle in some academy players and, you know, maybe a Spreer as well. Just put those out. It's a great opportunity. And I think that Valerian Ishmael is going to make um, a point of winning this game. He's been talking about mentality and mindset. I think he'll want us to go out and win every game. Yeah, and it will be a, a welcome change if if that is the case. You know, I, I'll I'll definitely be watching. Um, and also as well, just just whilst we're on the topic of Stevenage, uh, firstly, an apology to to the guys that usually watch our YouTube content. I was due to put out a match day vlog, did the first video. And then completely forgot about doing the rest of the videos. So if you're waiting for a, a match day vlog from yesterday, it's not coming. Uh, and I hold my hands up to that. That is my fault. Um, ben is going to, 100%, Ben is going to deliver the first match day vlog of the season because he's going to Stevenage. Um, on, I keep thinking it's Monday today. Um, he's going on Tuesday. So there'll 100% be a match day vlog out there. So make sure you go and check that out. But I'll be watching on, on Tuesday, definitely, um, providing I can get can. a stream. Huh? If we can. Yeah, if we can. Um, yeah, I seem to have a problem with getting a stream for Carabao Cup game last season, although we got knocked out by MK Don, so it turned out to be a blessing in disguise. But, yeah, I, I want us to go for it. And like you said, I, I think it's a perfect time. You know, Healy, playing in that, it doesn't matter if it's against the League One opposition. You know, he had a good spell at MK Dons in League One, I think it was. So, you know, he, he might take to it like a duck to water. Um, give Georgie minutes. You know, if he gets a goal, happy days. Brilliant. Um, Livermore, yeah, maybe give him give him a game. Uh, maybe rest Sierra for for Saturday. I'm, I'm saying rest players already. We're, we're one game in the season, but you don't want to risk any, any injuries. But... Um, I think this is a game to, to make some changes, but also keep it respectable. If we make 11 changes and really weaken the sides, then, you know, you, you, you're gifting a team like Stevenage at, you know, Stevenage knocked Aston Villa out the FA Cup, was it, last season? Yeah, yeah. Um, so, you know, they, they, they're not shy of beating big teams and Steve Evans has done a fantastic job at Stevenage as well. So, you know, they'll be bang up for it. They're at home and... They'll want to, you know, get get a win against a, a championship team. But why don't we? Why don't we have a go at the Carabao Cup? You know, so many teams in the Premier League, especially, put out weakened sides. Now, listen, I know Man City's weakened side. Man City's like fifth team in, you know, fifth choice team would probably spank us five nil. But you know, you you see so many managers that openly say, look, we're going to rest players, which you know it, it baffles me why championship teams like ourselves, people that are sort of sort of similar sort of standards and size, don't go for the Carabao Cup. So I'd love nothing more than a little cup run. Um, and, you know, I'd love nothing more than to not lose to a lower league team in the Carabao Cup for once as well. So fingers crossed Tuesday brings um, more positive things. We'll actually be back on Wednesday to chat about the Plymouth game. Uh, we'll also chat a little bit about the Stevenage game as well. And we're actually talking to a Plymouth Argyle podcast. The Argyle Way uh, will be joining us on Wednesday as well because we face them um, for the first time since, I believe, 2006. 
when we played them in the FA Cup and won, um, Hamago actually scored a free kick that night and they absolutely battered us, but we still won. So uh, that was good. But yes, thank you very, very much for joining us tonight. We really do appreciate it. Um, if you're watching on YouTube, don't forget to like, hit the subscribe button, hit the notification button as well, so that every time we go live, you will get a notification about it. Um, jump on over to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. And make sure to subscribe on there as well. Um, and if you like what you heard as well, drop us a, a tweet, drop us a message on Instagram, Twitter, get your friends to follow, listen as well. Um, we really do appreciate everything that, you know, all the views and, and interaction we get. It's absolutely brilliant. So thank you very much for tuning in tonight. And like I say, we'll be back on Wednesday evening. Um, so, yeah, till then, stay safe and come on, yours. Sports Social Podcast Network.